0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrex.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection convenient installation options and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer rated hand Dynapro dyna pro at2 extreme but did you know they sell other automotive products wheels brakes suspension just to name a few everything you need to elevate your drive simply go to tire sports tire rack.com the way tire buying should be
0: College football is on the horizon, college football and college sports on our mind, as is the NFL, which enters its final week of the preseason. Welcome, everyone. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You can find Jeff Schwartz on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Going to talk a bunch of college football in about 20 minutes or so. Anthony Tresh of college football, pro football focus, their senior college football analyst, will be joining us here on Fox Sports Radio I want to dive into some NFL stuff. Jeff and I talking about the true villains in the National Football League. But quickly off the top, Jeff, and we'll get into this as the as the show continues and, and talk with our college guys about it. Pac-12 did just announce within the last about three minutes or so that there is not going to be in any expansion within that 12 school league. Are you surprised at all by this decision from the Pac-12?
3: I am not. Um, I, I cover the Pac-12 for a living. I have a, a Monday through Friday Pac-12 radio show on Sirius, and we've covered this now for, for months. Since Actually, it's not been months, but it's been about six weeks since Oklahoma and Texas decided to leave the, the Big 12 for the SEC. And when that happened, right, there was immediate panic of, of what do we do next? What does the Pac-12 do? What does the Big 10 do? What does the ACC do? And it turns out if you just wait a couple days, a couple weeks, calm down a little bit, you figure out that there really is no move to be made for the remaining big 12 teams, there's really eight teams left to come out West and join the Pac-12 conference because it's about money, right? And let's say that Pac-12 schools are getting $10 million per year from the TV deal. That's 120 million overall, right? If a a new team is added or teams are added to the Pac-12 conference, the money will grow, right? It will make more overall money, but will the distribution of the money be the same? It really needs to be more, right? And no Mm -hmm. team right now, Kansas, Baylor, Tech, whatever it is, is going to add to the distribution of money to our Pac-12 teams. And that's why this this expansion is not happening right now. They're going to stay put. And I would imagine that the rest of the conference stay put for now, and the Big 12 will have to add some teams from the AAC.
0: And uh, nobody wants a smaller piece of the pie, including me on Thanksgiving. So that is that is the news (laughs) on the Pac-12. We will dive into more into that throughout the show. But the news just again came down about uh, three minutes or so as we were just about to start the show. So we wanted to touch on that. Also want to touch on the NFL, because on Tuesday night, as I was sitting there watching Hard Knocks and and I know I'm starting to be one of the few Jeff because this season of hard knocks is not getting the rave reviews that maybe other seasons I actually kind of feel like this has been the case for the last few years I don't know if it's run its course I don't know if it's changed of of how it's put together or what the information that we get but yeah it just has not been uh, as as much of a draw and I think it's a Bit surprising since it is the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys for a long time were one of those uh, polarizing teams in the National Football League, where if you were a fan of every other team but the Dallas Cowboys, you hated the Dallas Cowboys because that's who the Cowboys were. And then you look at what happened over the last 20 years with the Patriots dominance with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And I think the Patriots kind of had that target on their back as being the villain in the NFL. But I'm not sure that's the case anymore. And it just got me thinking of where are we right now with that, you know, (laughs) villain in the National Football League? Who is that team that we hate? Because it has been a part of the league's history. But right now in 2021, I'm having a very difficult time finding any of the 32 teams that people would gang up and say, you know what? We don't like them.
3: It's a great point. Villains are, are great for sports. We've them uh, all over all over time, and and you're right. In the NFL, it was New England for 20 years, right? And and maybe before that it was the Cowboys. But the Cowboys have uh, haven't what haven't been to a, a Super Bowl since '94, right? I mean, it's been that long. Like they have they just haven't done a lot of winning lately. So no one really fears. Um, you know, a team that doesn't win, and you're right about hard knocks. Hard knocks, by the way, is boring, Dan, because they don't give any <laughs> behind-the-scenes information anymore. Right? It's all surface area and practice videos, and and very, you know, very uh, produced you know, pieces when guys are all together in, in a quarterback meeting room. Right? It just feels yeah very per, you know produced and, and not very authentic. And again, they don't show. We used to love the personalities. They don't show the personalities anymore. But here's why I think the the, the villain is, is hard to find. In the NFL now two reasons one is that is that players don't want to be villains players want to be liked by everyone now they want to go on social media and they want to have a social media presence which is fine right i have a social media presence too and they want people to like them right they they want to be liked sure. by their fans and by their followers and by their teammates and by everyone else i'm not saying that that wasn't the case previously but you were not able to sh- to give your message out to the public and be like oh this, this guy's really nice. I might hate his team, but this guy, I like this guy, right? He's doing stuff in the community. Yeah. I like his thoughts. I like his family. I like what he shares. I like what he cooks. And so the, the hatred for that player is, yes, they're on the rival team of mine, but you know, I kind of like this guy, okay? So there's not that deep-seated hatred because you know the, the the player very well. And secondly, there's so much player movement now, right, where I think a lot of fans, especially younger fans, they're more fans of players than teams, and it was a little bit with LeBron with me. Like I'm a Lakers fan, and obviously he's on the Lakers now, but I just like LeBron, and so whatever team he was on, I root for LeBron. Now obviously he's on the Lakers, and it's great, so I can root for him and the team I like. Um, but I think a lot of younger, uh, y- younger fans, Dan, they follow players now, not teams, and so there's just not a hatred. For your rivals, much anymore. There's not a hatred for for one team anymore. And the reason why the Patriots, besides all the winning, were so hated was because they were secretive, right? The, sure, you, you didn't get, absolutely. You nothing on Belichick. You got nothing on Tom Brady. Obviously, Spygate and Deflate Gate, which I think were too overblown, but whatever. They they, they were there, and the, you know the evil empire and Bill Belichick and all that. That they played the perfect role for it. But now, you know, now Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, and he's just. He's showing his personality. You're like, how do you hate this guy, right? Yeah, like he's, agreed. He's like, he's a normal, a normal person. Uh, after all these years of uh, pretending to, to keep everything inside of him, those are the reasons why the NFL has no villain. Um, but there are there are still passionate rivalries between yeah. teams, right? Ravens, yeah. Steelers, and you know, Cowboys, Giants. Really, the whole NFC East hates each other. So, so say, they're still, they're AFC still North as
0: well, yeah. yeah. Browns so, hating the Steelers. Yes. And, yeah. So
3: so there is still that passion between teams, but I think for for fans, and, and there's just, we we like the players because we get to see their personal life now.
0: The, the funny thing about this, though, is you bring up player movement, is I would say the NBA, there's player movement as well. Yet the NBA thrives on it. Like the NBA, the, because they the, all
3: join together. Yeah. <laughs> one
0: team. <laughs> yes. That's why could be could be <laughs> part of it. I've joked, Jeff, on this network many times that one of the one of the genius things about the 1980s was growing up, not as a Lakers fan like you were but in the uh, upper Midwest where I hated the Celtics and the Lakers. Like I didn't like either team. And that was something that was very unique. Usually you take sides in that and that wasn't the case. But in the NBA now, you probably don't, if, if you're not a Lakers fan, you probably don't like the Lakers. If you're not a Brooklyn Nets fan, I have a feeling you don't like the Brooklyn Nets. I think we all get sick of Heat culture. Like they're they're like the Warriors really started to grade on me um, soon after they won their first title. Like it was it was one of those things where the NBA I think ends up maybe being fueled by some of this and maybe even some of the players in, in playing that role may, you know, maybe deep down it hurts LeBron or it hurts Kevin Durant. I, I, I'm not I think sure he loves it. Yeah. Good. That, that seems to be the case to me. So you have player movement there where the NBA thrives off of it. To your point about the NFL, and when the Patriots broke up, there's nothing to really hate about New England anymore. And you're absolutely right about Tom Brady. I'm just wondering as well, is it is it because the NFL just thrives so much on parity? Because the NBA does have its super teams, as you say, in Major League Baseball. Yankees were the evil empire there because of how much they spent. I even think that there's a feeling about the Dodgers coming over because of, you know, well, the trade no deadline. The, the rich. Get... Let's,
3: let's be fair What's about that? that. So no one likes the Dodgers, anyways. <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to talk about that. But I think too.
0: I don't think that was always the case. You know, like you're a Giants fan, so you yeah. don't. You've never liked the jo- Dodgers, but now then seeing them add Scherzer and Trey Turner at the trade deadline, you're like, my but, goodness, the rich I, keep getting rich. Like but, I think. But it, I think that's but it's there. Kind of, it's just on the NFL.
3: But it is kind of interesting because. When I was talking about you know liking players but hating teams, like I despise the Dodgers, right? I, I, everyone thinks I hate their favorite team on social media. Um, I hate the Dodgers and the Washington Huskies, but I like I like Clayton Kershaw, right? Like in, in the past, I feel like I would have never, and even growing up, I, there was no Dodger I liked, but like I I like Clayton Kershaw. I, I I you kind of see the family man he is. You hear the stories about him. Like there's so much access to players. It's like how do I hate Clayton Kershaw? Like good you, dude, right? Good pitcher. I, yeah. So. It, it that and I still vehemently hate the Dodgers but like again like there's there's not that hatred for the player in baseball Barry Bonds loved being the villain absolutely loved it now it might have it might have hurt his his Hall of Fame chances which is silly but he he loved that part we don't we don't have that in sports I think again I think players like LeBron LeBron could be he could embrace the villain role but he Really can't because he's trying to sell shoes and trying to sell other products and a movie. And if you're the villain, how how does that hurt your marketing opportunities off the
0: court? Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I still like think it was someone like LeBron. You know, like is, is he so. He's so big and I don't you know there's there's no player in the end well maybe maybe Bra- I don't even know if Brady's as big as LeBron um no,
3: uh, I, mean, I mean like yeah. worldwide or I mean, yeah
0: uh, yeah well I know worldwide LeBron's bigger not, yeah. but you know just I mean in this country I you know they they can play off of that like like LeBron can LeBron like goes on social media and loves to you know to play that Tom Brady being the villain I think he embraces it but I think that maybe there's just some jealousy there I I, I don't know
3: what people are jealous of Tom
0: yeah, yeah. Where, where, I,
3: I mean, it, I, I, it's, I think, I think they were jealous of him when he was in New England. I, how can you be jealous of that guy now, man? I mean, yeah, unless you're just a jealous point. person, right? I mean, that could be, yeah, what you are. And you are jealous because, you know, Tom is, is handsome and he's actually looks younger now than he did when he was a rookie. I mean, there's so many things, but like, I like Tom and I, I like that he doesn't pretend he's not rich. He doesn't pretend he's not famous. He does rich people things, which is what he is. Like, I, I don't like when people pretend they're not wealthy when they have money like that's an insult to all yeah. of us we know you have money tom like great you drive at aston martin you you, you have uggs you should right that's what things rich people do um so i i like tom but i like him a lot more now when I, yeah i, I didn't, we didn't really know who he was in new england
0: i agree i i it's i i even look at i even look at a, at a team like the chiefs you know team you played for team your brother played for it's hard to dislike andy reed it's hard to dislike patrick mahomes it's... you can dislike them because they win so much <laughs> Um, but I think that those other factors also prevent Kansas City from being like the next hated team unless they were to, you know, reel off three straight Super Bowl wins.
3: Tom Mahomes is like the most wholesome guy ever. Like he, he just he, he he you can't hate Mahomes like he. Yeah, he loves playing football. He for all for all we've noticed, you know, all I've seen of him. He's a, a great father so far. He's a young child. He's married. He's going to marry his high school sweetheart, like doesn't get in trouble just works and goes home and hangs out with his family. Like what, what do you, how do you hate a guy like that? He's charismatic. He's, he's cocky of course on the field, but I think he's pretty humble. He put a video today for For the Chiefs, they had. I guess they they built the, uh, refurbished their their locker with the stadium, and he's like, "Hey guys, Pat Mahomes here," and we're like, "Yeah, we know it's you." (laughs) (laughs) He just he still is he still like is that guy, Uh, and so you can't hate Pat Mahomes. Andy Reid's like the greatest human of all time. Anyone who played for Andy Reid loves Andy Reid. He is the he's a very old school coach. Training camp is hard. He's going to work you. You put the time in. No days off. No vet days. But we love him because he's very honest with us. Um, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He does give us our, our time that we need to, to rest and recover. And you do a lot of winning with him. And it's fun to play for coaches that are very good at their jobs.
0: Isn't it great when super famous guys introduce themselves, though? Like even even if it's in a <laughs> in a private setting or, you know, at a, a you know, at a function or something, when there's, you know, a Hall of Famer there, they'll introduce, I love that. It, it to me... It, they, just
3: very, it was just very, it was on the Chiefs' official Twitter account, too. Like, like it, it wasn't, it was some random Twitter account. It was like, hey guys, yeah. Pat Mahomes here in the locker room. Look at our brand new lockers we have. <laughs> Quarterback
0: um, Kansas City Chiefs. It,
3: it was, yeah, it's just, it was just, it was just <laughs> great. But yeah, I mean, he, it's, again, like, it's hard to hate Russell Wilson. It's hard to hate, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I, I, I mean, to really hate him, Packers fans might hate him, but he's, I don't
0: think he's... A guy you hate. There there is a part though about Russell Wilson that I think people don't know how genuine it is. You're not going to get to the hate factor of it, but I don't think that he is going to be as loved as
3: That's definitely true. Yes.
0: You know, a Mahomes, you know, could possibly be with seemingly Mahomes' realness.
3: De- so. definitely true there um but i, but I get
0: what you're saying there isn't like this this ground you know this swelling of, groundswell of of hatred towards Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. There's, I, there's so I just not,
3: don't know yeah. who that guy, who that team is in in, in football now. Um,
0: yeah, I, I I don't know either. It, it, it that's why it just stood out. Like even the Cowboys, like you can't even hate watch Hard Knocks because they're you don't really even hate them. I mean, Dak Prescott seems like a good guy, and you're kind of rooting for him to come back from his injury. Uh, you know, maybe you don't like Jerry Jones, but you know, as Jerry Jones gets over, and as you said, they're you know what, twenty six years removed from a Super Bowl. So yeah, there's there's still. There's, it's, it's just difficult. It's unique. And I, and I don't know how many people realize it that now we love Tom Brady. And I don't know if people are rooting for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I just know that nobody is actively hating on them anymore. That, that's what I know about that. He's Jeff Schwartz, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Byer. We are sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. And today's show is brought to you by NHTSA. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go. And you think of calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. Get Jeff on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. So who really can challenge Alabama for supremacy in college football? We'll dive into that next year on Fox Sports Radio. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win
7: a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like You see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's going guard, and then on I'm top of it.
0: like that, see that?
6: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to
4: point game. I remember you came out from room crying tears. <laughs> crying tears, I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning.
7: Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs>
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart.
7: Yeah, and you like to
5: hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow.
0: Doug Gottlieb's show on Fox Sports Radio. He's the NFL vet, now turned media star Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Byer, both sitting in for, for Doug today. How many different things are you doing Schwartz like I mean it's it's serious it's podcast it's um it's this I mean you got yeah. a lot going on
3: yeah I work more now than I did when I played um I uh, <laughs> I'm a podcast Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you uh we do football and we're actually going to do some more college football this year um and then I um I should have some news on uh on being back with with Fox hopefully Fox Sports it was in in it was last year all right um and then, um, yeah, I, I do, I fill in here. Uh, I have a show on Saturday with Hartman on FSR. And yeah. then I have my my serious Pac 12 radio show Monday through Friday. So um, a lot of fun. You know, I keep myself busy. I, I just, I don't like, like, for example, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I have nothing to do till my Pac 12 show at night. Like, I drop my kids off at school tomorrow. My daughter has her first day of kindergarten. And then I have nothing to do between then and the time I pick my kids up from school and I'm like really dreading having nothing on my schedule. I'm going to make something up to do.
0: Well, at least on Saturday you'll have college football because week zero is going to be here in college football. Uh, Joining us now to talk not only week zero, but really what we've got in store for us for the fall of 2021. He's a senior college football analyst for pro football focus. Anthony Tress joins the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. Hey Anthony, how's it
7: going today? Oh, it's
0: going wonderful. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing well. So, all right, I'll, I'll I'll put you on the spot. We we've got Nebraska, Illinois. You got a little, little Hawaii, UCLA. As week zero is here, is there any game as a college football guy that has been waiting for games forever? Like, like, like are you waiting for baited breath uh, for the Big Ten opener between <laughs> Illinois and Nebraska on Saturday? Or be honest, are you really just kind of waiting for week one?
7: Oh no! I've been counting down to Week Zero for weeks now. I mean, there's <laughs> every single game on the schedule. Even Southern Utah, San Jose State. There's plenty to love there. I mean, San Jose State's got a great pass rush that I'm excited to see. Um, a couple of guys too interesting in the draft: um, Billyame uh, Kate Hall, too. Noah Wright. He's a JUCO transfer. Those three guys. I mean, I've been really excited looking through those. We put out our BFF College Preview magazine, so I've went in depth watching all 130 programs this offseason. So. You know I'm excited to see what all of these teams do, and even New Mexico State, UTEP. There's plenty to the like in that game. Um, but now going back to the Big Ten, Nebraska, Illinois. I mean, these two teams—they're near the bottom of the Big Ten. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, just, we're definitely going to get a lot better matchups in Week One, but there's still plenty to the like there. There's plenty of intrigue. It's, this game's probably going to be mostly about you know which quarterback can protect the football better, and mostly the run game because um, you know both quarterbacks, Adrian Martinez of Nebraska, Brandon Peters of Illinois. Um, you know, they haven't really had much success throughout their collegiate careers. Um, you know, Adrian Martinez probably has a nod just because he is a, more of an athlete. You know, he can create something when nothing's there with his legs, um, you know, with his scrambling ability. And so that's a good asset to have. But his passing ability, it's a little suspect. Um, but, you know, it's still going to be definitely an interesting week of games. But next week, that's where the slate really starts. But I'm still going to be watching all these games this weekend.
3: Before we get to a more uh, big picture of the season, uh, UCLA does play this weekend. They play Hawaii. And, um, you know, there's some optimism that Chip Kelly in his fourth year now with a very senior and veteran lane team might be able to make some noise in the Pac-12 South. How do you feel about the Bruins heading into their game against Hawaii on Saturday?
7: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some exciting pieces on offense. Um, you know, really with uh, the wide receiver, Kyle Phillips, uh, one of the better slot receivers in the Pac 12 Conference and really in, in college football. And then you also have a great uh, tight end duo there uh, with Greg Dolcich, um, you know, a former walk on. He's emerged, uh, you know, great vertical threat. And you have Mike Martinez, who's, you know, a physical freak. I mean, he has some, you know, outlandish physical traits. I think his hands are around like 12 inches or something like that, landed on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Um, but, you know, really, I, I just can't really see this team getting over the hump as long as Dorian Thompson robinsons still at quarterback. Um, you know, I, I, I have comped him in the past too, someone like Adrian Martinez that I was mentioning earlier. You know, he can do some stuff with his legs, uh, thanks to his athleticism, you know, when the play breaks down. But at the end of the day, he cannot really effectively lead an efficient passing attack, as we've seen over the last two years. Um, all of his passing grades in his three years at UCLA, they've been in that poor range near the bottom of the Power Five. Um, and we've really never seen him produce at a you know a game-breaking level, you know, at an elite level in a single outing, you know, as of late. So, uh, you know, I'd be quite surprised that this was the year that they were able to turn it around with him at quarterback.
0: Anthony Tresh joining us here on Fox Sports Radio talking college football. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Bayer. To continue along the theme of surprises, there were a bunch of surprises in 2020. Uh, Iowa State, uh, Cincinnati, Indiana's rise, Coastal Carolina. Uh, not just taking those four schools, Anthony. You can, you can use those four. Use one of the four if you want. Who is more primed, though, to continue their success from 2020 into 2021 uh, of those schools that kind of emerged on the scene last season?
7: Yeah, you know, last year was definitely full of surprises. I think this year we're going to see even more surprises because I think the the quarterback situation across the country, you know, it's very shaky. Um, Really, Oklahoma's the only school with a quarterback that I'm confident that he's going to produce at a Heisman-worthy type of championship-leading level. You know, out of those four schools, though, I think Cincinnati, um, I still think they have a lot of potential. Do some damage. I really do think that they could make the college football playoff this year. Um, You know, they have road games against Indiana and Notre Dame. I think those are going to be two tough ones. There's no doubt about that. Um, And really, it's going to hinge on the development of Desmond Ritter because he's he's very much a a toolsy quarterback. Um, But at the end of the day, he struggled with the deep ball. You know, he has to start connecting on those deep shots. We started to see a little bit towards the end of last season. Um, But you know, I, I if as long as he can kind of continue to develop as a passer then I have no doubt that this team's going to you know, go toe-to-toe with Indiana and Notre Dame on the road, and I think they would run the table too you know, in, in the AAC. And at that point, I think they would have the resume there to make the 14-college football playoff. You know, That defense, I still think, is going to stand at an elite level, even with Marcus Freeman leaving for Notre Dame. Um, you know, they're not changing much as far as the system goes. And then you, when you have someone like Ahmad Sass Gardner On the outside, one of the best press man cornerbacks in college football, and Kobe Bryant, too, the uh, guy opposite him, you know, another excellent, productive guy who can play the catch point pretty well. Um, You know, I think the pieces are there for them. Majay Sanders, too, on the edge, he's one of the best speed rushers in college football. Um, You know, he's probably at this point he's building a first round resume for him. Um, you know, for next April going into the NFL. So you know, they definitely have all the pieces there. As long as Desmond Ritter can to develop as a passer, then I think they have the team there to do so. Um, but either way, I think they're going to be able to go toe to toe with Indiana and Notre Dame. I'd say Indiana's probably the next best team that I think could, you know, continue to build on that success. But they do have a few question marks with the offensive line and as well as Michael Penix Jr., uh, his durability. Um, that's been an issue over the last few years. But it, as long as he's healthy, Man, he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football.
3: A team that everyone is very high on this year, and I've seen some pick them for the playoff, is North Carolina. Sam Howe is, is back. Mac Brown is recruited very well. Uh, can they really take down Clemson and what would uh, be the ACC championship game and make the playoff this
0: year?
7: Yeah, I, I think it's certainly possible with Sam Howe at quarterback. He's right there after uh, Spencer Radler for the best quarterback in college football. You know, I think we're going to learn a lot about what kind of player he is this upcoming season. You know, just because you lose guys like Daz Newsome and Diami Brown, your top two wide receivers as an underclassman and uh, one-two punch in the backfield, Michael Carter and Javante Williams, the best running back duo we've really ever seen here in the PFF college era. You know, losing all of those playmakers around you, you know, he's going to have to be a guy that really props up the supporting cast around him. Um, and I think if he can take those next steps forward, uh, you know, I, I think they have every bit of possibly doing that. That defense has a lot of young and raw talent. Um, that cornerback duo of Storm Duck and Tony Grimes, I think they're one of the best outside cornerback duos in college football. Um, so I'm really looking to, you know, for Sam Howell to really build up the supporting cast around him as long as well as uh, offensive coordinator Phil Longo. I mean, I really do think they have their work cut out for him. Um, but the potential is definitely there for him to do so. Um, but at the end of the day, I still have to pick Clemson. I, you know, they, they have too much talent on both sides of the ball. Um, to really pick against them at this point in time. But I would not be absolutely shocked if, if North Carolina ends up the team on top at the end.
0: We're making Anthony Tresh work. Anthony covering college football as a senior analyst for Pro Football Focus. Get him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Anthony. I want to go to another school that lost uh, a lot. That's Florida. Um, obviously, Kyle Trask is now in Tampa with the Buccaneers. We know Kyle Pitts was the top five pick. There Tonies Tony's so of the Giants is the first round pick. Uh can the Gators reload, or is there going to be some growing pains in Gainesville?
7: Yeah, you know, I'm kind of, um, I'm bummed for Emery Jones. You know, he's waited all this time to really get up there and take over the starting job. And when he's been on the field in his three years at Florida, he's been really good, you know, whether it's through the air or on the ground. He's been a true elite dual threat quarterback. And I think with a guy like Dan Mullen, really one of the best offensive minds in college football leading the way, you know, I think he could have done, put up numbers with the right supporting cast around him. I think I'm a little bit concerned with the offense as a whole and the team really Um, just losing all those playmakers, like you said, no Kyle Pitts, no Kadarius Toney. Those are major losses, um, you know, on offense there. And there's really no proven playmakers on the offensive side of the ball for Emory Jones to tap into. Um, You know, I think Emory's going to be a good quarterback, and I I know Dan Mullen's going to put him in a position to succeed. But to, you know, go from being a very good competitive team to a team that can go toe-to-toe you know, with some of the best teams, the elite teams in college football, I, I'm a little concerned that they won't be able to do that just because they don't have, you know, the the players around them. You know, there's there always could be breakouts of people that emerge, but right now that's not looking very likely.
3: Can anyone outside of Ohio State win the Big Ten?
7: Oh, no, this is definitely Ohio State's conference for the next five years. And, you know, I, I do think that whether or not they can – you know, be a college football playoff champion, um, you know, I think that that is still in question, even though if we take quarterback out of the equation, that roster goes toe-to-toe with anybody in college football. I mean, that wide receiver unit, um, you know, I've been pounding the table for them. I, I've always said I think this receiving unit they have is better than the Alabama one in 2019. Um, I mean, you have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, the multiple five-stars there. Their wide receiver is seven. Heck, he could, they could probably start for, you know, half the teams in the Big Ten. But at the end of the day, you look at the quarterback position with C.J. Stroud, you know definitely has the potential but he still has yet to take a drop back at the collegiate level so there's that you know unknown variable um you know that uncertainty at the quarterback position and you know I think that's really the the beauty of this upcoming college football season you have DJ Stroud new starter you have Bryce Young at Alabama new starter you have DJ Ugandele new starter down at Clemson you know the one two and number 3 rate recruits in the 2020 class we've never seen you know these underclassmen at that age you know, all number one, number two, number three ranked recruits all pan out and produce at elite levels. You know, I'm not saying that all, you know, one of them's going to flame out or bust um, or, you know, all three are going to come out and produce an elite level. But I do think there's, you know, a greater chance that, you know, at least one of these guys doesn't perform up to expectation of falters at some point. Um, you know, all three are re- replacing exceptional starters. And, you know, in Ohio State's case, Justin Fields, one of the best quarterbacks you know, we've ever seen here at PFF at the collegiate level. So I think it's going to be tough for CJ Stroud to replicate that. But as far as, you know, at the rest of the Big Ten goes, at the roster that they have around he has around him, they're doing laps around the rest of the conference. You know, Indiana might be the second-best team. You know, Wisconsin's definitely in there as well, but they have fatal flaws as well. So, you know, I don't think any team's going to knock off Ohio State this year or really in the years to come.
3: Well, I hope I hope Oregon wins week two, though, so we can get to that maybe. in another point, uh, looking out west, the Pac-12 conference uh, does not feel like there's a playoff team um, to come from, uh, from that league. Do you expect there to be maybe a team or two in contention for a playoff spot out west?
7: Yeah, there's really only one team um, in the Pac-12 that I, I do think has a shot, and that's USC, but I would say it's a very slim chance. Um, any other team, even Oregon included in this, I would be very surprised. Um, If they ended up putting up together a playoff resume, um, you know, with a team like USC, I think Keaton Sloas, he has a lot of potential, very accurate quarterback. Um, You know, but last year I was kind of disappointed. We didn't really see a lot of growth from him. He looked almost exactly as he did as a freshman. Um, You know, he had the the clear strengths and weaknesses, very accurate. But at the end of the day, he would still have a couple of forceful throws per game. That would, you know, be a kind of head scratcher. Um, I mean, he can maneuver the pocket exceptionally well. But, you know, at the same time, he's got to take better care of the football. You know, he had a lot of fumbles as well. Um, You know, so if he can kind of grow, you know, Drake London takes that next step forward, his star wide receiver and the rest of the receiving unit, too, because there's a lot of potential within that group. Um, You know, I think that USC team can do, you know, a a lot of dangerous things out there at West. Well, with a team like Oregon, I'm concerned about the quarterback situation. Um, You know, Anthony Brown, he never really proved anything at at Boston College. Um, You know, the accuracy is the biggest concern there. So anybody other than USC, I'd be surprised. But even if USC did. Make it, I would be kind of surprised, just a little bit, but you know, they I, I could see them, you know, paving a path for themselves.
0: He's Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus senior college football analyst. Find him on Twitter at pff underscore Anthony. Anthony, we appreciate it. Enjoy all of Week Zero, and we'll uh, get together soon. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, guys. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Byer. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. So yesterday, Vic Fangio names uh, Teddy Bridgewater the starting quarterback for the Broncos. Drew Locke's going to be the backup. Jeff, the thing that surprised me about it is I, I think that they know what they have with Teddy Bridgewater. And I, not that they don't know what they have with Drew Locke, but it seems to me that Fangio's looking for a guy that isn't going to turn the ball over, that's going to allow their defense to do the work and play that sort of game. And I, 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 maybe it's a bad read by me or a wrong read. I just don't know if that's going to be enough for them to beat the better teams in the AFC. I would have rather have squeezed the orange on drew lock, as I've said, to see what you can get out of him to see how much the Broncos uh, can, can go with him at quarterback. Cause I think we know what they have with Teddy Bridgewater.
3: What they have with Bridgewater is a quarterback that will not turn the ball over, right? And when you have a defensive-minded head coach, a coach that wants to play more conservative, a coach that wants to use his offensive line of run game and have a quarterback that's not going to screw up, then Teddy Bridgewater is your guy. You have to remember, in some of these decisions, you you have to think about the coaching status of of the coach, right? So, you know, in Chicago, we can talk about that in a second, right? I mean, Matt Nagy needs to win now, okay. Mm Vic Fangio has to win now. They can't develop Drew Locke. They don't have time. They don't have time. If, if he goes two and six to start the season with Drew Locke, he's not having a job next year. But if he goes if he goes nine and eight this year with Bridgewater, he's having he's gonna keep his job. I mean it's just self-preservation right now and, and trying to make sure. sure that he can he can keep coaching his team. They're gonna be really good on defense. That's not gonna be the concern. But you're right. Offensively, Bridgewater is probably you know no better than a little average, above average. Some games you saw when he played with the Saints, right? Competent offensive line, competent coaching staff, um, you know, good wide receivers that he managed to win five games in a row with them. I don't think it's going to happen with Denver, um, but the pieces are there to have a very good team. Um, so Bridgewater has to be himself and, and they'll win enough games to, 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 for, excuse me, for Fanjo to keep his job.
0: You know, I, I, just the thing that I look at is with Kansas City in that division, we expect the Chargers to be better. Uh, our. Are you going to have enough offensively? Like, is, can your defense keep those offenses in check enough to allow Teddy Bridgewater to succeed? That's just the question that I have.
3: I mean, probably not. Um, but you, you hope that you, you know, you make the Chiefs score twenty four or twenty three instead of thirty one. Yeah and in that which i game, think they
0: did last year then in the game yes, in Kansas they, City yeah, yeah.
3: fanjo's actually done a decent job against the chiefs as far as being able to hold them down um uh with with points um but again like can you score enough is the issue and it just feels like uh, again self self preservation right just being able to um to keep your job uh for the next season and so that's what it feels like they're doing and maybe they go to lock at some point but also what what do we what do we expect lock to be, I mean, he's had an opportunity and short opportunity so far in his career to to be the guy, and he just really hasn't been. Yeah. I'm not sure that Fangio wants to take that risk with a team he feels is is pretty ready to win. If they wanted, they should have just drafted Fields if they wanted a different quarterback, right? I mean, yeah. look, so um, you know, last year Kansas City scored 22 points. The year before that, 23. Um, 27, third, twenty-seven, twenty-three. I'm sorry, thirty. So I mean, they've had a, a, one or two games where they've held them uh,
0: down below thirty. Points. Better than most, honestly, though. So yeah, so so the point is there. I mean, they 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 at least can put themselves in the ball game and have a chance to win it. I just want to know with, you know Cortland Sutton coming back off his injury. You've got some weapons there. You seem to have a two-headed monster in the backfield. That that there are offensive weapons to do stuff, but uh, maybe it just wasn't in the cards for one. Drew Locke. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. It was a marathon last night in San Diego, but is that the best way to decide things? We'll explain next year on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey,
6: it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to
4: Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The
7: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
0: Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Doug today. Get Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Usually when Doug's in at this time, we play a game. And today is no different. <laughs> This is game time It's game time.
4: on the Doug Gottlieb show.
0: As we bring in Eisenlo- Isaac lower crowd. After I tell you today's show is brought to you by NHTSA. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go. And you think you think of calling for a ride home. Now what's the worst that can happen? Get pulled over. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone, drive sober, or get pulled over. Paid for by Nitsa. Isaac Lowenkran is back again. Hello, Isaac. Hello,
8: man. I'm I'm, I'm really cold. Ooh, so <sighs> I
0: feel a draft. Ah, so that's the game today. What are the odds? All right. What uh, what are what are we drafting today?
8: We are drafting. The overtime format that you most enjoy in sports. So here is our order. The first right. pick goes to John Ramos. It's only a one-round draft, by the way. Jeff, you're going to be next. The third pick goes to Lee. I will pick fourth. And Dan will draft number five. So it's the overtime format you most enjoy in sports, first up, John Ramos, and will this be a Darko Milicic over Dwayne Wade moment? <laughs> Sorry, John, I couldn't resist. Go oh, ahead. Carmelo, even. Right? Well, you know, it's funny. Since I was coaching softball a long time ago, we were doing this, running a second base, way in back in the day. <laughs> so this is nothing new for me, but uh, in baseball, I think it's wonderful. I'm going to take the baseball one. I, there was so much urgency last night it was incredible 16
0: innings yeah, Dodgers. And i think
8: i actually think that was an anom- anom- anomaly by the way i don't think that happens a lot so uh, i'm gonna take the baseball just because i love baseball and i thought it was great that's all all right, all right. baseball's um,
0: off the board jeff i mean I,
3: baseball in its current format does not really help that, that was a st- second base thing it was stupid but nonetheless that's where we are um i think i think overtime hockey in- That's, what uh, yes. That's
8: what I meant. That's what I
3: meant. Yeah, overtime, overtime hockey in the playoffs. You just playoffs.
8: got Dwayne Wade, Jeff. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Dwayne Wade. Oh,
0: lead the lap. What? Hockey off the board. Baseball oh. off the board. Well, uh, the one
5: thing that college football does better than NFL is overtime. You get the uh, team starting at the twenty-five yard line. The defense is backed up. It's always, uh, it's always a nail biter. It's always fun.
0: The NFL's 10-minute overtime has actually made me like college footballs more. Yeah. Do you, do I hate 10-minute you know uh, Oh, The
3: winner of the coin toss um, in college football wins more often than in the NFL. People think it's backwards. Huh? Oh,
0: really? Oh, Interesting. Yes. Wow. All right, yes. college – College football is off the board. That leaves (sighs) Isaac at number four.
8: This might be a stretch, but I'm going to go with the Eaglem ending that they've used in the NBA All-Star Games the last couple of years. Mm. That might not technically be overtime, but it is sudden death, and I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Last pick goes to you, Dan Beyer. Oh, well, you
0: know where I was going. Nothing beats a sudden death playoff after 72 holes of a PGA Tour event, it's all on the line for one hole, or sometimes they go eight holes. It it it, it, it does or 18. It, it US does Open, right? vary. They yeah, they used to do that for the U.S. Open. Now they they trimmed trimmed it down to two. But give me golf in the sudden death playoff. <laughs>
4: game, huh? game This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
0: Oh, I, I am a bit relieved that we don't have to call it the Pac-14 or the Pac-16 and get used to that because I'm still calling it the Pac-10 from every uh, from time and again. He is Jeff Schwartz. I'm Dan Beyer. The Pac-12 has decided not to expand. We dive into that and the Alliance more next year on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports
4: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico,